0: Hey guys, this is After School Snacks, and I'm your host Jack.
1: And I'm Max. And uh, before we begin today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to shout out our sponsor, uh, Chegg Study. Uh, now, Jack here is obviously the biggest fan of Chegg Study. Oh yes, without Chegg Study, I would have not, I would not have achieved a D minus in every class leading up to this one here. Wow. You know, it's impressive. Chegg Study has been so great to me. I get. Perfect scores on all my homework. My test grades exist. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's 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 really a great service overall. Yes. I have a big complaint that
0: they don't give you a point for writing down your name on an exam. I mean, come on. What is this? Like, I don't know.
1: And sometimes, Canada. sometimes you write the professor's name down, too, and they don't give you a point for that.
0: Yes, like, what? some of
1: those names are hard to spell, man.
0: It's yes, like, I, I cannot, I can't spell. Um, yeah, I just can't spell in general. I mean, yeah. Okay, well, that's a whole other issue. Well, now the real the real topic of of this of today's episode is going to be uh, Dungeons and Dragons, commonly referred to as D and D by uh, the filthy nerds who play it. And uh, I'm taking a page out of Morgan's book here, and I'm going to try to try to be verbose, which is a new word I learned yesterday, um, in my discussion of the of the issue. Um, and also another thing I figured out. If you guys make Anchor accounts, you can actually send us, like, voice messages to put on our podcast if you have questions. That'll go well. Yeah, so uh, if you do that, uh, I can't guarantee that we won't add it in. Nice. Yes, all right. So, ah, now we're going to talk about D&D. So, what is D&D? That's a really good question, Max. Thank you for asking. (laughs) It is, uh, first and foremost, a tabletop RPG. And RPG stands for role-playing game. It's ultimately sort of a, a vehicle for storytelling, it's sort of a set of guidelines that, like, lays out how to tell a story. And you got, you got the DM who's the, the storyteller. They create the story. And you got the players who run a character. And it's not, it's not a game about winning or losing. It's about collaborating to tell a story together. In a, good, a, in a good DM's world, you can basically do anything you want within reason. But there are consequences and stuff. Um, of course. There are a lot of rules. Um, you, like, create your character, and there's there's whole books and stuff of rules and experience points and all sorts of that. And most D&D is in a uh, fantasy setting with, like, elves and dwarves and all that stuff. Um, there have been five-ish editions. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, D&D was actually started in 1970 by a guy called uh, Dave Arneson, who was in the Army at the time. And he was a huge fan of... Uh, of uh, military games, like you know, where you have like these big like miniatures and armies and whatnot. Like
1: Risk and that kind of thing.
0: Or? No, like way more hardcore than that.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah,
0: like I've I've seen people playing some of that shit, and it's and it's hardcore. But yeah, well he adap- he came up with a brilliant idea of adapting the rules of these war games to to have like an in a person control an individual, uh, unit instead of an army. So you could be I don't know Sam the elf instead of uh the uh, I don't know tenth squad of something. Right. Okay. Um, so then he, Dave Arneson, got his homie Gary Gygax on board, and they published the first box set uh, called The Dungeons and Dragons, or a Dungeons and Dragons basic set in 1974. Um, it was complete and utter shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, it sold for some reason though. Uh, for the next twenty, and and they had the interesting marketing strategy of they split D and D into two. original D&D and advanced D&D. Advanced D&D was for people who were familiar with the Wargaming rules. And this was like a more complex rules-heavy thing, whereas OD&D was for people who were new to strategy games and whatnot. And for the next 20 years, they kept them separate for whatever stupid reason. Um, Okay. uh, Yeah. Yeah. AD&D eventually evolved into having more than just the three books, which, like, the Game Master book, the player's book, and where you get all the enemies and stuff. They had all sorts of other books, steer- deal-telling, uh, like, settings and stuff, and, like, worlds that Gygax wrote. I think uh, Greyhawk was an example of that. Um, Dungeons & Dragons, of course, um, was around in the 80s, and there's a bit of a moral panic there, because, you know, they had demons in the game and whatnot. People thought you were being <laughs> satanic if you, if you played that. So
1: that... Brief, brief tangent. Um, have you ever heard of uh, the Chick Tract Dark Dungeons? No. Okay, so do you know what a Chick Tract is? No. Okay, I'll, I'll go real quick so as not to derail the All right. podcast. But a Chick Tract is a, um, a short little comic booklet mm-hmm. um, published by this guy named Jack T. Chick who's like an uh, uber-fundamentalist fundament- Christian. Oh,
0: I think I've seen this one, actually. And
1: Dark Dungeons was actually uh, one about the evils of playing Dungeons and I've seen
0: that exact one. I remember vaguely in middle school when my friends showed it to me. Yeah. Uh,
1: I had friends in middle school.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, so it went through an evolution in the 80s, where because of the moral panic, uh, Gary Gygax had the uh, the foresight to remove everything with demonic references from the game. Uh, they removed like the assassin classes and all the evil classes too, okay. So that uh, yeah, the people to try to stop people from getting mad.
1: Okay. Um, in
0: the year two thousand, uh, they finally combined AD&D and OD&D, um, or consolidated another big word I learned, um, to form third edition, which was uh, more streamlined, and it uh, formed a chassis for the D twenty system, which. Um, there's D20 Modern and all sorts of things. They just use the Dungeons & Dragons rule set and adapt it to sci-fi or modern or stuff like that. Okay. Um, the thing about 3rd Edition was it was near endlessly customizable. Like, you could play almost anything you want um, within reason. Uh, yeah, and uh, newer editions than 3rd Editions suck, in my hot take. <laughs> um Influence, there are, there are a lot of influences to D&D. Uh, Lord of the Rings is one. They actually originally called ha- halflings hobbits, and they had a- Ents and Balrogs and stuff, but then okay. J.R.R. Tolkien's estate was like, yo, we're going to sue you unless you change this. So they're like, oh shit, fam, we better change this. <laughs> so right. now they have ha- they called them halflings and treants and Balors to just... Balors? <laughs> as opposed to Balrogs, just to barely... Um, barely avoid the uh, copyright. Well, yeah, uh, you might be interested in the, in the magic system they use. is actually based on the magic system from the dying Earth novels, which okay. I read. I Which I read on the internet. They're based on. I haven't actually read those books. Um, some other in- influences are H.P. Lovecraft. There are a lot of Lovecraftian monsters. Cthulhu has stats so you can fight them if you really wanted to and nice. all sorts of things. Oh, the Bibles, another thing. They have a lot of the biblical monsters like I think some of the book of Revelations actually served as an influence. Uh, Lewis Carroll um, Robert E. Howard who wrote the Conan the Barbarians and of course Arthurian uh, legends and various mythologies such as Greek mythology etc. Et um, let's see uh do you
1: have any questions so far, Max? Yeah, so you said additions beyond the third one suck, in your opinion.
0: Why? Yes. Well, you know me. I like to uh, troll a little bit. Yeah. So what I do when I play a D&D is I take like a ridiculous character concept and I try to crank the power up as much as I can just to make something just ridiculous, just for fun.
1: Okay. In um, these
0: newer editions, fourth edition is built more like a video game. Okay. It's kind of hard to describe how that is, but you have like... I only played it once, and it's difficult to describe, but it feels more like a video game than a tabletop game. And 5th edition is Rules Light. It's basically made for brainlets so that they'd have mass appeal.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: Yes. Um, uh, I personally, I've played 3rd edition, uh, Pathfinder, which is a refined 3rd edition, and 5th uh, edition. And I like Pathfinder the most um, of those. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay, because I, I found. Um, in my dad's old stuff, mm-hmm. I found a book called Advanced D&D. Ah, uh, he used the non-brainlet version then. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, okay, where's, like, the basic one? Did not you have to start somewhere? But no, I, no, he just, he must have been familiar already. Yes, with wargaming or whatnot, or yeah. was smart
0: enough to figure out the rules. But yeah, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons was separate. They've, uh, uh, s- yeah, it's 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 sort of gone... Under a bit of an evolution, like it was like a real niche game back in the seventies. Like I remember, my dad was in junior high then, and he he never played it, but he heard like his friends talking about it. And now it's big, and like every all the cool kids are playing it. Apparently, right? Yeah, it's quite. Um, uh, it has a lot of different appeal for different reasons. Some people like the social aspect. Some people like number crunching and just making ridiculous things. And I don't know. Some people like storytelling. Um, like most hobbies, you can meet some real fucking weirdos doing it. Um, of course, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's as bad as like an anime convention or something. <laughs> <laughs> like the people I play with are chill and normal human beings. Um, some people who play the game are, are less so, though. Um,
1: yeah, I mean you'll you'll find that with anything Fair to enough. a certain degree, Fair I suppose. Enough.
0: But yeah, it, it's a game I'd recommend everyone everyone who's not a, I don't know, a normie play at least, uh, <laughs> at least once, at least try it out. It, it's fun. It's a social activity. It's only as serious as you make it. Um, my, uh, one of my former roommates, uh, Joe, he, at my request, like, uh, came up with his own campaign. That was basically a homage to a bunch of movies and stuff. So it was all kinds of like crazy shit happening and stuff. And it wasn't very serious. And then the, uh, the next Okay, the next campaign I played with uh, with Morgan, he was running a post-apocalyptic kind of zombie kind of game where we were. Uh... Yeah, so that that just shows sort of the, the infinite variability of the of the rule set, and whatnot.
1: So and you can create your own like custom monsters and everything. Uh, yes, yes
0: it. you can. Okay. Um, but uh, the Pathfinder, which is what I primarily play, they have like over a thousand monsters and stuff statted Jeez. out, which is uh, it's ridiculous. That's a lot. They have, like, they have books and books of information, and it's all, all on the internet. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a fun time. It's it's good shit. Um, famous people who play D&D. Uh, only one I can think of off the top of my head is Vin Diesel. Really? Which okay. is surprising, yeah. Apparently, he's such a fucking nerdy. got his D&D character's name tattooed on himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, that is uh, levels of, yeah. Uh, a lot a lot of authors play it too, I think George R. R. Martin does yeah, I think, think he's he's talked about it anyways yeah
1: I think Sanderson does
0: too yeah uh, I'm not sure if Robert Jordan ever did. It wouldn't surprise me if he did though um but yeah, do you have any other questions Max
1: um, so what I guess what is like the basic structure of like how things go, is so it's like turn-based. It is turn-based. Right, like, okay, so if your party, so your party travels from location to location, right? Yes. And once they're in a location, or like a dungeon or whatever, is it like a grid system that they move on, or? That, that's a good question. I, I
0: guess I should probably just go from there and use that as a jumping point to explain some of the basics. But yes, um, typically use uh, squares or like a hex system, hexagons. Okay, um, right. Some people don't, but uh, most people have a map where they like draw up the draw out the dungeon or the town or whatever. Um, all the uh, the game itself is governed by, um, at least in, in the version I play, there's like six six statistics, three representing your mental faculties and uh, three representing your physical faculties, and those add um, together with skills um, to form a number that you add to a D twenty roll. A twenty-sided die to determine the success of a given of a given action. You wouldn't need to roll it for like walking across a room, but if you tried to like I don't know pick a lock or something, you need to roll that. Okay. Um, there's a class system too, where a class is sort of like your job. In the original D and D, they had the uh, very original names of magic user as one of them.
1: <laughs> I saw that on the D and D cartoon. It was like yeah. warrior, ranger, magic user, acrobat.
0: <laughs> yes, they had magic user. Thief and uh, fighter, I think, and um, I think uh, if I remember correctly, halflings like had to be thieves or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, there have been a couple problematic elements to the uh, to the original game, but they've gotten rid of most of that. Um, yeah, and uh, so that's. Yeah, and and you typically pick from like six six different races to play, um, which they mean species when they say that right. humans, elves, dwarves, gnomes, hobbits, and uh, orcs. You can play one of those guys, and that they each race has different advantages and disadvantages, <laughs> um, meaning to attr they have bonuses to attributes and whatnot. Right. Like, okay. Like, I don't know, an elf might not be able to take as much of a beating, but they might be smarter than your average uh, orc. Right, okay, and that makes sense. Yes, so, yeah. I don't know, have you ever played D&D, Max? Uh,
1: like, one time. I okay. was part of a group that basically just kind of fell apart because we no one had time. Uh,
0: lit, lit, yeah. That was all
1: the way back in high school, though. So.
0: Uh, I see. Yes, it. Um, yeah, it, it's a fun hobby. I'd say that... Um. It's certainly better than some other hobbies out there. Like, uh, don't get me started on fucking LARPing. That that stuff is like, <laughs> you know what LARPing is, right, yes, Max? Yes, live action role play. That those people they have no lives. I question their. Uh,
1: I've never actually seen anyone LARPing. I have. Have you really? Renfest. Renfest.
0: Yeah, Renaissance Festival. Oh,
1: does that count as LARPing?
0: I I'm not sure, but yeah, that's it. I don't I don't LARP because I'm not a fucking loser or a nerd. Um. Yeah, uh, like like any game, it's based a lot on the on the people you play with. So don't play with assholes. Like a uh, guy used to play with, um, basically wouldn't let me and one of my friends like do anything. He'd try to like stonewall us and whatnot. So of course, you knowing me, I just try to find clever ways to get around it. So he had this. Uh, he had this. Basically, it was a self-insert character that was traveling along with our party.
1: Okay, which sure. that's
0: never a good idea whenever you write a story, don't put a self-insert character. So me and my roommate, George Joe, Mark. Joe, we tried to repeatedly kill this self-insert character. <laughs> um, that never, uh, and that never really worked out because of rules, lawyering, and stuff like that. And then we had one of the other people in our party try to kill our characters, and then Joe and I were just like, fuck it, we're going to make our own uh, D&D with blackjack and hookers. And then Joe proceeded to, not actually, and Joe proceeded to write his own wild off-the-rails campaign. Um, which then I had a lot of fun with. Uh, yeah, nice. Yes, and um, you don't. Uh, one of the things I do like about it is you don't actually have to spend any money. Because for a lot of the systems, all the books are online legally, which is which is good. So you you literally don't have to don't have to spend anything if you trust random number generators to roll for you. Which I don't personally. <laughs> They're pseudo random numbers. Okay. They're not. True random numbers. Right. Anyways, yeah. Notice like... they tend to roll a bit lower than dice do, but...
1: Do they, actually?
0: Uh, uh, it seems to me. That just might be a...
1: Could just be a psychological thing. Yeah,
0: it could be psychological bias. Okay. Um, shit, we need to talk more, because we're only 17 minutes in. <laughs>
1: um, um, okay, so... You mentioned, so are those... Those three D&D campaigns, the one that went sour the one with Joe and the one with Morgan, are those the three you've done? No, I've done... I couldn't even tell you how many.
0: I've I've played this game since I was like 12, man.
1: Okay, so how long is a typical D&D campaign? I mean, obviously there's a huge variability. It really...
0: Some people don't plan it to end at all. Some people plan it to end. In uh, high school, it never really lasted long because the group that I was with didn't didn't have much cohesion. Um, They didn't really plan for it to end, whereas Morgan's ended in about a semester just because he... He planned a real cutoff. Um,
1: okay, and he had like a story that he was. Yeah,
0: on. yeah. Uh, there are actually a pre-written campaigns out there too, okay. uh, modules, and there's like an official setting for most of the uh, most of the D and D things and stuff. So, so it can vary. It can hell, it could go upwards of ten years to I don't know. You can, you can even do like one session thing and just make just some ridiculous I don't know communist ogre or something to play.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Just, a, just an idea. Oddly specific. Yeah. Okay, so like... The, it, I imagine there's like a variability of how much control the DM has or the DM exerts oh, over yeah. various campaigns. Like maybe... So are there some, for instance, where... Like it's more like open world esque, where it's oh, just yeah. like oh, go around. I, do ideally, whatever. it would
0: be an open world campaign. Um, the thing you need to master as a DM is the illusion of railroading people. If you really want a linear plot, you've got to make it look like they have a choice, but then okay. not actually let them have a choice. But good, good DMs I'll let their players have choice. Right. And I, I prefer having a lot of choice. I want to be able to go out and I don't know just steal somebody's money if I just felt like it.
1: Okay, so have you
0: ever DM'd? I have not. Um, okay. I am not... Well, the thing is, I couldn't go writing a page without inserting at least five jokes in it, some of which may not be the most tasteful. Okay, um, fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Um, yeah. I, I've thought about it. I just don't know the setting, Super well. I mean, I have... I I know the rules well enough, but I just don't necessarily have the inclination. And one of the couple times I've asked, people are like, now nah, we good fam. Plus, it's very time-consuming to DM, but not very time-consuming to play.
1: Okay. I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah,
0: Like, for playing, how like it could go as short as th- two, three hours. Like, just once like a week, week, or yeah. once every two weeks or something. Right. If you really wanted to... We're GMing it. I think the... Um, the reason that a lot of people use pre-written adventures is because then you don't have to you don't have to prep and build your world and stuff, but you still get to you still get to be the maneuver the characters and whatnot, and uh, you have to be good at improvising too because uh, parties do what you what you least expect. Um, right. Yeah, there are some there are some really interesting uh, if if people don't mind my ramblings, really interesting stories I have of some of the games I've played. Um, which I could I could uh, get into eventually. Um,
1: I have helped a friend of mine who was DMing develop like lore and maps. And stuff oh really? For a okay. while he was doing. Mm-hmm. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. it's basically coming up with ridiculous, mm-hmm. well not ridiculous, but just like crazy lore and backstories for places, yeah. and then like yeah. bosses that lurk there, etc. That was fun. Yeah. So the way.
0: I I think a person ideally should have um when when they when they sit down to play the game they should ideally have just a couple ideas in their head about what their character is and not just like come in there and just like like you shouldn't actively try to derail the the GM's world unless you're me and you're playing with friends. Okay. Um you should you should like try to have fun and like not necessarily play a mass murderer character unless you i don't know that's just another random example that popped into my head um, okay but but yeah the um yeah it's uh the, the thing I really like about it is the magic system is very well set out like okay. you can um there there are you can do all sorts of stuff with with spells. And, and the game's usually pretty balanced, so your your fighter will probably be able to go toe-to-toe with your wizard at at the topmost tier. Right, okay. More or less. Um, so, yeah. Shit.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, we've done like 22 minutes.
0: Yes, you want to cut the episode here?
1: If, yeah, unless there's anything else. Okay,
0: alright. One last thing to say. Donate to my Patreon.
1: Oh, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to our sponsor, Chegg Study.
0: Uh, Yes, subscribe to Chegg Study. Uh, Peace out, my homies.